You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're talking about the live-action adaptation of the anime classic, Ghost in the Shell. You no trouble. Me, fifth element. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. podcast i'm brian with me tonight mr paul williams what's up we're gonna talk about ghost in the shell pretty spoiler free here um for the first part um we'll play the trailer a little bit later we'll get into a more spoiler filled discussion then but like always if you want to be completely spoiler free don't listen to this before you see the movie yep stop it right now just don't go any further carry your ass to the theater watch the movie and come back and listen Paul, what did you think of Ghost in the Shell, this live-action American 2017 version? For starters, um, uh, there was a lot of what-the-fuck moments. You know, what is exactly going on here? And where the hell is Ghost in the Shell at? You've seen the original anime that this is based on. This is based on a 1995 um, Japanese anime. Uh, yes. And we did an episode on that. You guys can go back and, and listen to that. I think it was uh, sometime last year. Yep. And we kind of give, did give our thoughts and possible hopes of what the live action movie was going to be. But there were things about the movie that I did like, and there were things about the movie that I didn't like. First of all, I kind of want to start with the things that I did like about the movie. There were a lot of scenes that really played very well visually over onto a live action or to a big screen. All the set pieces are pretty amazing, I think, in the movie. They are. They are. Now, I really don't get the big, giant fucking holograms and shit. I mean, some of them some of them do kind of look cool. They were trying to make it look like a few, more futuristic Blade Runner. Yeah, you know? but it looks gaudy. It looks well, so fucking gaudy. You know what? It, you know what the look of this film reminded me of, like in the visual effects of the city, uh, reminded me a lot of the Fifth Element. Yeah, that's kind of what it I. It looked like too. it wanted like, to yeah. be Blade Runner, but it it just kept reminding me of Fifth Element. Yeah, it really did. Like a lot of the city, like a lot of the broader city shots, those kind of remind. Yeah, I could definitely see that. With that, there were a few elements of those holograms that I thought were kind of cool. But when you have holograms that they're the size of a fucking building, like, that shit just looks gaudy and just weird, and it stuck out like a sore thumb to me. <laughs> they were just so, they were so big, I kept staring at them. And when you That's look at what, them, it was, yeah. it was just, it was people, and they were just, they would just be, like, running. But there would be no, like, yeah. Nike logo, or, you know what I mean? It's like, what are you selling? Yeah. It's just a it's person like watching doing a gigantic something. holographic gift. But it, there's, like, <laughs> there's no context, and I don't understand No, all those ads in Blade Runner. Like, I don't understand, you know, a word for word everything that's on those ads, but I get that they're trying to sell this thing in the picture. It's yeah. pretty obvious. This yeah. one is, it's not. 
one of the things that I will say that I really, really liked a lot was the Major's holographic suit. Like, I really did like the design. Like, overall design-wise, I think the movie looked really, really good. Especially the Major and, and her entire design and mannerisms and the way Scarlett Johansson plays her. I think she actually does a really good job. I actually think Scarlett Johansson plays this a little robotic, man. Yeah, but isn't that like kind of the... Well, I would say in the original anime... No, she's not robotic. Mm-mm. Well, no, I would say even if she comes off a little cold, I would say there's reasons in the story for her character to be that way. I don't know like if the there's coldness, really... The coldness in this is like more roboticness. Yeah, without like, going yeah, into spoilers, I, yeah. like I... I don't know if there's a real reason in this plot for that kind of portrayal. I don't know. We'll talk about it later. I don't know, man. I'm not going to lie there, dude. I did think Scarlett Johansson looked rather rather sexy playing the role of Major, though. No, I'm, like, I'm, and I was, no she looks great. And I was very apprehensive of this. You guys want to hear that? Go back to the Ghost in the Shell podcast oh, and listen to our opinions on the whole whitewashing thing. Yeah, it was a, Which, the film was accused of whitewashing, still accused of whitewashing. The movie does tackle that, and it has a smart answer for it. But let let's say that discussion for the uh, the spoilers. Getting onto the things that I did not like about the movie, I did not like some of the story structure that was added to the movie. Oh, well, you mean I added, felt like you mean like added from the original anime? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, pretty much, I'm happy with pretty much the select scenes that they used from the anime. Like, in there were some shots in the movie that were literally from the fucking anime. Those sequences that were directly lifted from the anime, I felt like they were out of place in the movie. I like every time they showed up, I was like, oh, "Okay, th- you're doing you're doing this scene from the anime." The whole script felt like it was a patchwork and they wanted to tell this other story and they were like, "Well, yep. let's make sure we get some of these scenes from the anime in like, oh man, that tank scene's awesome. We got to do that." Like I almost feel like I'm I'm confused after watching this movie. <laughs> <'Cause>, like <laughs> like because uh, you feel that way. I don't know. No, no, no I, I don't. Like, I don't. No, 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 I don't feel confused. I feel disappointed. No, I, I, no, no, no. I don't mean like that. I mean like I don't really know how to take this movie, and I did not like the the whole uh, all the philosophical stuff being kind of stripped from it. Oh yeah, dude. If you're a fan of the original anime, yeah, that's that stuff's gone. If I'm going into this looking at is it as it's a live action movie or a standalone movie then yeah it wasn't that bad if i'm looking at it as in like this movie is is the movie that i want to see from the manga and the anime that i love so much no i don't know i gotta i have a i have a lot of um really mixed feelings about this film well okay this is why i said i was confused about how i feel about it I understand the whole concept and story of what they were going for. But what kind of confuses me is how beautiful and how brilliant the actual pieces from the anime and manga transitioned over to film. And why they had to throw other things in there that kind of turned me off to it. You know what I will say is I will say that Beat Takashi was in this. Man, you have no idea how happy that made me. I love this guy, Japanese actor, comes from a, a comedy background. He was he was part of the Two Beats, <laughs> and he just he ended up uh, directing and writing and starring in a lot of these uh, Yakuza Japanese mob films. Man, and some of them are streaming right now um, on Amazon. Uh, uh, Amazon Prime, I think, has uh, Boiling Point. Uh, I can't remember. They have another one as well. But if you search um, Beat Takashi or Takashi Kanano, um, you'll find him, and he's great. The first time I ever saw this guy, I fell, uh, fell in love with him, Johnny Mnemonic. Johnny Mnemonic. Yes, sir. Yeah. That is a horrible <laughs> movie, isn't it? Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I, you know, that movie is one of those movies where it's like it's it's so bad that you shouldn't forget about it. <laughs> but yeah, I kind of forgot about that movie. He uh, plays the head of the corporation, and you know the the daughter yeah. keeps coming back and seeing him in visions, and he's got some great scenes in this movie. He plays the uh, the head of Section Nine. I think he's got the best. The absolute hands down best line in the entire damn movie. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, and it's in Japanese. Um, all of his stuff. He's he's actually doing Japanese. It's subtitled. So that. And I will cool. say, I did like that. I like that. Yeah, all the other characters understood it, and it was. <laughs> yeah, it did add another layer with all their cybernetic brains because everybody's like augmented in the film. If you don't know the story, it takes place in the future and they're after this, I don't know, cyber terrorist that's attacking this, um, this. Yeah. It's attacking this computer company and you know, everybody's cyber enhanced. Everybody's got, you know, like brains, eyes, you know, whatever. Yeah. Scarlett Johansson's character in this version of ghost in the shell is the very first completely significant, synthetic human minus uh minus the brain like her brain is a complete artificial robotic body and i'm not trying to go off on like some other subject with this dude but that is something seriously i could see humans doing in the future like i mean seriously do like there's a doctor right now that's going to do the world's first head transplant because there's a dude that has this crippling wasn't that the plot of the uh second x-files movie yes it was (laughs) I thought so. Pretty much. You know, no, I mean, it's 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 really a cool concept, you know, because as long as you can keep the brain alive, essentially all the person's thoughts, memories, and what they are, you can just put into a, a shell. All right, so I guess before we start getting into uh, spoilers, I saw this in 2D. Paul, did you see it in 2D? 3D? No, I saw it in 3D, yes. A lot of the helicopter scenes look really good. Oh, with the um, propellers and stuff? Well, I mean, just like the the depth of like the buildings, uh, they're kind of like in in like the cylinder rooms or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? Like when the major is talking to the doctor in her bedroom. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You get a huge depth perception, um, and some of the explosions, you know, the stuff kind of coming towards the screen looks really good. What about that glass as well? Like shot. a lot of. Like when she's like glass through the yeah when she busts through the glass, the glass, shot. The glass you know what shot. man I'm I was actually a little bit disappointed by that because I thought that oh, glass shot was, no I way, thought it would really? look a lot better yeah I thought it would look a lot better in 3D than it did oh. there were more there were there were other moments that I thought looked way better like the geisha androids like when they would move like oh, it looked really interesting in creepy. 3D and also another scene the trash truck driver like he's running through the alleyway. And I know you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, but there's one particular puddle that he steps in and it splashes. Well, when the water settles, you see the reflection of the major standing on the roof of the building behind him. I thought that looked really cool in 3D. I mean, which I mean, maybe that that moment was probably a little bit of a kind of, you know, nerdgasm for me because this is a scene, you know, a scene shot from the original manga and anime. So that's going to do it for us right now. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we are going to get in a spoiler-filled discussion. We're going to talk about this film when we return. I have been watching you. You have to remember. I saw someone down there. He wasn't human. He's a known terrorist, and he's killed again. They didn't just kill them. They hacked into their minds. There's everywhere. Nowhere. I will find him. And I will kill him. You never talk about your past. I don't remember much. Just fragments. There was an attack. You were dying. We saved you. And now you save others. Everything they told you was a lie. You had a family. 
That was the trailer for Ghost in the Shell, the 2017 adaptation, live action that is. Man, where to start with this film? I guess let's start at the beginning. Right away, this starts different from the anime. Scarlett Johansson's character, you don't see her face the entire time. But her character is being taken to a hospital. You don't know what. And then you see the brain (laughs) come into this jelly and her body gets made. And right away, like, her body is much more robotic and Terminator-like than it was uh, in the anime. Oh, it's fucking creepy looking. I don't know know how I really feel about that beginning sequence, man. It's like like they tried to go with how the anime begins, but it just... That was one of the things that just did not transition over good. And I do like... (laughs) I do like how there's a, a skip in the in the process where they don't they don't show her hair and how her hair got made. I did notice that. Yeah, no, that doesn't happen. <laughs> uh, I thought that was, uh, you know, hair hair is hard to do. There's extra expense. We're gonna skip that. And I feel like when she comes out of the gel, it almost looks like a porcelain doll. Well, yeah, she doesn't have, even have any features on her face, and she's got uh-uh. these these really weird like lines in her body. To show like the separation, yeah. like the these parts. these android skin panels. Yeah, you know, it's like this is where this connects, and if you need to go in here and make repairs, you just flip this panel up, and here you go. And then I mean that that kind of shit gets progressively weirder throughout the movie. Like the one scientist that just like takes her eyes out and shit. Right in this beginning scene, right after she gets made, you see Juliet Boniche. Right, she from the actress from Godzilla. She comes out. Yep. She's she's playing a scientist, and uh, she's with the head of the computer company. And right away, you know, the head of the computer company is an asshole because he's like, "Yes, we're gonna we're gonna send her right away to the weapons division and use her for Section Nine. And then it's like one That's, year later. That was kind of my, one of my what the fuck moments. That whole sequence right there just kind of fucks up everything from the anime. You know, where is this coming from? I can understand you setting up the antagonist by, you know, making Cutter the way he is, but, like, isn't the bad AI the antagonist? Or what you're led to be known in the anime the, the that is the bad AI? Isn't that really the antagonist? Cutter is the head of this computer company that made Scarlett Johansson's major character. Um, Scarlett Johansson... pretty much has a monopoly from what it seems a monopoly on any kind of human to mechanics. Yeah, any any of these human uh, computer augmentations that are done to your body. Like, there's a, there's a title uh, scroll at the beginning that tells you, like, humans are getting enhanced with robotics, and you don't really know that Cutter... The head of the robotics division is not the division, the, the robotics company. You don't know he's the bad guy at this moment. You just know he's like he's, he's like he's like that guy in RoboCop that made RoboCop. You know, he's like I'm yeah, he, he, I'm he, the scientist that made RoboCop. I'm kind of a bad guy, but not really. I'm just kind of a douche. Yeah, I, I, I'm just a dick. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what you think at first, and it just jumps ahead to it one year later, and then you get the scene that opens in the anime. Where, you know, she's jumping down, she turns invisible. It's done for different reasons here. Um, uh-huh. One of the head of the robotics division is is there, and these geisha android, or geisha robots. Well, I mean, uh, the way they crawl on I, all fours and, like, suck into the back of your brain. Ugh. Yeah, that is creepy as shit, you know. Are these, are the geishas, are they, are they kind of like Scarlett Johansson? like it almost applied that well no she was questioning that i don't think the movie was implying that um well i think i'm under that i kind of took 
that's kind of what they were. No, because those things were just just robots. They were never human. Everything in them was manufactured. Like they were completely yeah. robotic. They were all synthetic, whereas Scarlett Johansson does have a human brain. And okay, and that's yeah. you know, let's let's get into this. Let's just get into the huge big <laughs> plot change. Yep. Not get around it. This movie's plot is completely different than the completely enemies. different. You notice what we were saying before the trailer. Um, yeah, that's why both of us were kind of a little weirded out about the spots that they actually, you know, the scenes that they do take from the anime. They, I feel, you know, that they just threw kind of iconic scenes from the anime into this movie. Just to appease fans to a point. Yeah, no, I I know exactly what you mean. Because they do feel really stitched, like they feel thrown in. You know. Yeah, they feel like they don't belong. At the beginning of the movie, it, you know, when you hit the the that first assassin scene we were just talking about with the robot yeah. geishas, that doesn't that doesn't bother me so much. That one feels no, good. It works. The movie wants to tell its own story. But at the same time, as a fan, when it cuts to the scenes from the anime, it just makes them feel like they don't belong. The original anime got turned into a revenge movie, um, a big-budget Hollywood revenge film. Cutter ends up keeping all this stuff from her. When he transplants her brain into this robotic shell, he also represses her memories. And you find out that he... He took this whole entire group of people that were protesting um, against technology. I I guess they didn't want smartphones. Yeah, well, basically they were just vagrant, homeless, vagrant protesters. They kind of lived in a group together. Just basically sends his goons out to capture them, you know, because they're vagrants, they're homeless. Nobody's going to miss them. And then does robotics experiments on them. Yeah, they end up as... All the failed experiments that lead up to Scarlett Johansson. She was a member of them. She just happens to be the success. Uh, And the antagonist of the movie is the failed experiment, the last one from her. You know, she was the replacement to him. Yeah, which is so far away from the anime. That really has nothing to do with what goes on in the actual anime, but you know there are a few elements about that that I kind of you know maybe can be like okay, I'm looking at this as a standalone movie. All right, I I reject that opinion. I hate everything about it. It, it immediately puts it puts her on the side of of what you think is the antagonist. Uh, yeah, I can see that yeah. for. Uh, just superficial Jason Bourne reasons, you know, because yeah, she can't no remember her shit, past. Right? Yeah, right. She no can't. Shit, right. She can't remember her past. There's I even a scene like later, like yeah. in, in the second yes. Jason yes. Bourne movie, where he yep. goes back and he talks to um one of one of his um one of the people he assassinated. He goes back and talks to their yeah. daughter. You know, yep. at the end of the movie, and he makes this thing about it. They try to do that with. Uh, the major Scarlett Johansson's character's mom, dude. And that, you know, I just thought that was fucking oh. weird. Like that, another again. That was another WTF from moment for me watching this. Okay, that's that's how like, they answered the uh, the whitewashing complaint right there, dude. Okay, I can totally see them answering the whitewashing complaint that way. But if you're gonna really answer that and do it in a proper way. Why not when the doctor later on gives her the disc with her memory on it, why not let that explain? That's one problem. That's one big problem that I had. It was like you could have eliminated. You could have stuck to more of the source material and eliminated this bullshit with her mother and maybe brought that in later on at the very end of the movie. There, no, I mean, dude, it just doesn't make any sense. I no, I totally. Did. I would go the entire opposite way with this. No, I I feel like there should have been more of this. My big complaint was I loved this idea. It's exactly like we said when we were talking. We were talking about this in our original Ghost in the Shell podcast for the anime. We were talking like you know, hey, let's see what the movie's gonna do. The movie answers this question. Like, you know, she came from an Asian family. 
It's a brilliant idea. It's so much awesome. The movie's problem is that it doesn't explore this enough. Because there's literally a scene where Scarlett Johansson shows up. Yeah, she shows up and she realizes who she is and she's this woman's daughter. And the mom kind of feels it, but not a hundred. You don't know a hundred percent. And then she leaves and there's one more scene at the very end. And that's it. That's all you get of all of this subplot. That's it. Those two scenes. And I mean, I can agree with you on that. And I totally can agree with you on that. But at the same time, man, it's like, well, what about, you know, what about that data disc that's given to her? Oh, wait, like, to, you, to lead her to her mom? Yeah, exactly. Well, are you, oh, that was, I think. Her, led her to her mom. Yeah, well, I think I that was just like a, that just, that just had like the street address is what I thought. I thought it was just like a, a digital. No, I thought card. it was like, cause she even, no, but the doctor says this is all your memories. Oh no. I thought that just meant like when she plugged it in. Uh, like when she goes back to certain places, she'll be able to see past events because that's what that's no, what it does I, in the I, movie. When she goes well, back, I mean, when, later in the movie, yeah. when after the scene, when she goes back to the place where she's captured, she starts seeing past events. Then, and there's that whole thing with the I don't know the burning temple or it, it didn't even look like a temple; it looked like a gazebo. I don't know what was yeah. it? the burning shrine. Whatever that was, yeah, it, it even looked like um, a shrine. It looked like a shrine inside of a building. Yeah, yeah even uh, the beta test guy. I forget what that dude's name. Uh, Michael Michael Pitt was the actor. I forget what his yeah. name, uh, if he even had a name. Yeah, I can't remember what they called him. Yeah, they did give him something. He had the number that was from the original Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, yeah, that then that, that's true. But it wasn't the puppet master. Out of all the goddamn names they could have used, of course, you know, do you want to take other shit from the source material? Why not just call the guy the fucking Puppet Master? Well, you know, dude, we, were t- we weren't talking to, uh, about V for Vendetta, but so long ago, and man, I I thought of that movie hardcore while watching this. I mean, I'm going to tell you what, no shit, bi- dude, I did too. This is a bit of a hodgepodge of a bunch of other revenge action movies and Ghost in the Shell. Very light on Ghost in the Shell. I feel like most of what they took from the anime of Ghost in the Shell was... Were the characters? No, I was going to say the visual elements. I didn't even feel like they took the character. What character do you feel like they took? Botso and his fucked up eyes. Well, I feel like they took the visual look from it. I don't I don't know if they really took the character. I liked what that actor did, but I don't... I don't, feel I like don't really like what that... I mean, it was okay. No, I do. I thought he was all right. Nah. The, the two actors that, that I was impressed with, Scarlett Johansson, I was kind of impressed with the uh, sector head, the head of Sector 9. More impressed with the head of Sector 9 than anyone else in the movie, though. Dude, I love Pete Takashi. He's so great, man. Like, guys, if you seriously. Yeah, he, he does play such a great role in that movie, man. Especially the best line in that movie is, you don't send rabbits to hunt a fox. <laughs> yeah oh dude no no look that is the best action scene in the entire film but it, he has Fuck this yes, revolver that he busts out later in the film and dude, little six shooter yeah <laughs> there's these three guys and they they have these head masks on because i guess they don't want to get shot in the brain oh and by everything the way, else can be say, replaced those those costume designs for those guys i actually thought they looked pretty cool what uh you talking about the mask yeah I thought they were, fun- I I thought they were functional. You you actually get to see how much of a badass he is. Like, oh yeah, you think dude. he's an old guy. He whips yeah, that fucking will, door I, off the I, fucking the car door off the hinge, man, and he just uses it as a as a shield. Yeah, his damn briefcase. Oh no, yeah, it is the briefcase. It's not the car door. Yeah, he just straight opens up the briefcase and is like, "Go ahead, pow, 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 pow." He just like takes all the dudes out. That is an awesome scene, dude. The last dude that's alive. The very last dude. He's like, you don't send a rabbit hunt fox. <laughs> Badass. That's how all his uh, his films are, man. I think, dude, look, uh, if you can find Outrage, sometimes Outrage is on uh, Amazon Prime or Netflix. I think he's doing a third one, but he's got he's got two that are already out. Uh, Outrage, and I think uh, the sequel's called Beyond Outrage. The uh-huh. first one is great, man. I've seen that about five or six times. It's one of those Yakuza mob movies. It is, it's good where they're just like, yeah, we'll cut a finger off. We messed up. Sorry. 
It's so, oh, yeah, I mean, dude, it's even, so violent, he, he, so great. You know, I mean, if there's one actor that shines in that movie, it definitely is him. I love. I always love his uh, his cool under pressure. It's like all the shit that the 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 other dude is talking to him. He's like, you know, well, you need to hunt her down, and you need to bring her to me, and everything else, and blah 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 blah. He's just like, well, you know, well, we can carry this shit to the prime minister. See what the prime minister has to say about it. Even his uh really second really badass scene where he even goes in and kills Cutter. You know, it's like he goes in there and he's the one that takes him out with that six shooter. It's yeah, like, it's like badass. Like uh, they they keep asking her for the major for consent when she gets her hand messed up and she has to get her hand repaired. They ask her, "Hey, do you consent to us repairing your hands?" Yeah, and she has to say it. All right, so he goes out. That that kind of thing goes out through the whole movie, basically. You know, the head of Sector 9 asks the Major, do you consent to me killing Cutter? Yeah, I thought that scene was great. Yeah, I'm with you. That scene is cool, but, okay, I mean, I have a lot of problems here with the the end of this and how this is constructed. Like, Cutter goes down, but there's this whole thing with the Prime Minister. Uh, Earlier in the movie, like, uh, Cutter comes in there and threatens Beat Takashi, and... Pretty much, yeah. And he just, he's just like, yeah, whatever, I I answer to the Prime Minister, that's cool. I mean, he even says, yes, sir, I mean, he's respectful. Yeah. But he's like, I answer the Prime Minister. The Prime Minister's brought up maybe one more time, maybe twice in the entire film. Yeah, like three times. Maybe, like, I mean, I'm talking like brought up in a sentence, and then at the end of the movie, Beat Takashi's just like, no, look, hey, uh... I talked to the prime minister. He's 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 pretty much cool with me killing you. So, um, hey, Scarlett Johansson, give me the word. And it's just like, what the fuck, man? Like, who is this prime minister? We didn't even get to see this guy on screen. Yeah, yeah. They 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 never did show the prime minister. There is a bit of a kind of mystery element to this movie because she, she's trying to figure out the mystery of her past. I, I guess she she doesn't really try to go out go after any kind of uh, solving of a mystery until Mike uh, Michael Pitt's character tells her like you know hey these guys did all this don't don't take this drug that she's been injecting into the back of her neck she's been taking this tube of yellow liquid they're using that to prohibit her, her memories and yeah, basically stop- it's just a memory suppressant. Yeah, once she stops taking that drug, she's able to see, I guess, things from her from her past. Yeah, and I didn't like that, dude. I, I did not like the whole element of. I of didn't that. like the revenge I, story. I, I didn't like. In, man, I'll be honest. I did not like this adaptation of the story. I liked the AI version better. I liked the idea of a program um, becoming self-aware and finding this one individual that happened to be the major. And wanting to yep. merge with its soul to create another being for its survival. Any kind of philosophical, anything you're looking for, throw it all out. It it doesn't matter here. It really see, is. That's my, that's my... They took my body and I'm pissed at them. I'm getting revenge. Because they murdered it's me. Like, and almost now like I'm a teenage, yeah, it's almost like a teenage, teenage angst revenge film. I was not very impressed with this adaptation of Ghost in the Shell. The fact that they wanted to go on this totally absurd storyline and go this completely different route with it, it's betraying to the fans. Oh, yeah. No, dude, look look at the end of this film. At the end of the original anime, the major is merging with the puppet master with the intention of creating a new life form. In this film, Michael Pitt's character even brings up to Scarlett Johansson, he's like, look, we should, uh, we should network together to defeat this evil. And I actually thought that that's how they were going to defeat Cutter at the end. You know, I did too, man. I, I actually thought that they were going to kind of bond together and, you know, become this... Like different being that would turn around and was way smarter, faster, stronger, blah blah blah. Yeah, I thought they were gonna do something like the anime, right? Something. Yeah. No, that shit does not happen in this movie. And they even bring the helicopters um, from the anime in to do the snipe sequence. Yep. It's totally wasted. Yep. It's there's no point. 
other than you know what, fan dude, I service. Was like, I was what really fucking pissed me off was, and I know this might sound completely trivial and no even real point for me to be angry about. Yeah, the major just gets up and walks away, missing limbs and shit. Just gets up and walks away. No merging of the AI with her. No, no making this evolved creature. No, just basically being a, a pretty much torso and severed head at the end of the fucking movie due to the snipers. No, none of that. Now we're going to have a, a Hollywood ending where Scarlett Johansson gets up with Botso in his beady little eyes and walks away. I thought the ending here was complete garbage. I did not like it. Was. The, I did not like the end of this at all. She turns and looks at at, at Michael Pitt's character and and she's just like, "No, look, I'm not going to join with you because I have other things to do in this world." And he's just like, "Okay, the- I'm gone." And he leaves. It, it ends really with her in a, like a Batman superhero pose over the city. But this ridiculous VO. Yep. I mean, I really feel sorry that Scarlett Johansson had to read some of this dialogue. The dialogue's just, oh, God, so bad. It's so bad, man. I mean, I hate to say you that. You know, the only, redeeming, the only redeeming part about the end of this movie, that one shot when she turns back and she kind of just falls off the roof. No, yeah. I was so out of it, dude. I know. No, I was gone. The only oh, thing. At that point in time, you were just done. Oh, yeah. No, the only thing that kind of redeemed me at the end was that Beat Takashi came back and he was like, yeah, you got my permission. <laughs> that's how you and end the movie, right? See, that's what I was saying, though, dude. No, 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 seriously. I want you to think about that for a second. Beat Takashi gave you that in sequence. That in sequence is good, dude. Like, just seriously think about it. Takashi gives the okay. She turns. The shot of her just jumping off the building. And then... I, I, I'm not going to lie, dude. I enjoy the way she does the stealth camouflage on the suit. No, no, look. Okay, Paul, here's here's where I'm going to stop you right now, and I'm going to I'm gonna agree and disagree with you at the same time. Yes, I am. A little more backhanded compliment. <laughs> this movie looks good. I'm not going to say any anything negative about the visuals at all. That scene is not the ending scene that should have been on this film. Oh, and I totally agree. You know what I mean? It's just like, yes, that scene is awesome, but that's not but that's not how the movie should have ended. And it that's how I feel about a majority of the movie. I feel like there was a film that the there was a story the filmmakers wanted to tell. At the same time, there were these scenes that they needed to put in from the anime and they threw him in, and that's what I—that's f- what I felt like I got. Now, now to be fair, there are multiple Ghost in the Shell movies, and there's an entire series of Ghost in the Shell. With that being said, I don't really see any pull of inspiration from the other movie or the series. If I saw any more Ghost in the Shell adaptations, and they use them for this film. To me, I think that's only going to hurt my my perception of the film. It's never going to help it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, at, at of point, what they've used, really no I did better. not like how they used it. Yeah, I mean... And yeah, I don't want to judge the I'm film that this... way. There's other things in the movie outside of that that are just that are just not good. And just not, I like. I did not like, like you like Scarlett Johansson's performance. I did not like. I see. I did not think with her amnesia route. I did not think there was a reason for her to play it as robotic as she did. Like just because yeah, you can't okay. remember now, doesn't going, mean yeah, you don't to, have emotions. Yeah. You know, you should yeah, still feel to, things. You know what I mean? She's been working in Section Nine for a year. These guys. She, she's working with she's developed relationships with them you know there's some attachment to her and she's job still kind of like she should cold have and calculated feelings. to them exactly yeah, you know she, what I mean yeah I just I don't mm-hmm. buy the whole constant robotic performance it doesn't work for me the scene with her um with Bato up on the boat they recreate that you know, dude, the whole time the, 
I was waiting on that hack. Oh, dude, I I knew that was never going to happen in that scene. But there was a glimmer of hope for me. There was like this, <laughs> like glimmer of hope like, that, that they really the would do this. Be. Guess what, Hollywood? You did the same goddamn thing you did with fucking Dragon Ball Z, except we're on a, high, a more expensive fucking level. No, I would say no. Hold up, hold up. No, 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 no. Let's back up here just a second. This is way better than anything Dragon Ball Z. Okay, yes, it is. Movie. It is better than the goddamn Dragon Ball Z movie. Yes, I mean, yes, it is. It no, is. I'm look again. I I will not knock. I will not criticize any of the technical achievements in this film. I mean, all of them are solid, man. I mean, the way this movie right, looks. Uh, the even the pacing of the film, I may not like it's good. I, yeah, I don't like exactly what the story's doing, and I don't like where the story's going. How yeah, that story words, is paced, same, it's we really have the same well exact done. agreement. We think the movie was good visually and pace wise, and everything else, except for storyline. I do have to think some of the problem it's with the director. Yeah, like, I mean, my, my, I, you I know, mean, looking back on it now. Look, dude, I, I I, the only like, other film I've seen Rupert Sanders do is Snow White and uh, Snow White and the Huntsman. Really? Uh, yeah. Dude, um, I was not I was not a big fan of that. I thought that was... There ain't really much to say about that. Yeah, I, no, visually and costumes, man, I thought that that was incredible. Oh, man, I thought the, I thought the story and some of the acting in there outside of... Charlie's Theron. Oh my gosh! No, no, I, I thought, well, like no shit, dude. It's I like, thought that was bad for know, everybody. And I love Chris. Him. Well, I will give credit to the director. If he ever gets a really good story, he'll he'll go somewhere. No shit. It's like visually, visually, he's in the he's a good director. I mean, don't get me wrong, man. Like visually, he is a good director. But that dude should have sat down and seriously studied Ghost in the Shell as a movie. And not only as a movie visually, but as a writer, too. Because the biggest thing, what makes Ghost in the Shell so great and so amazing is the story. One thing I did like, though, uh, I don't want to be completely negative here. Uh, One thing I really did like, the music here. Uh, Lauren Both and Clint Mansell. Uh, the composer uh, from Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, they did a really good job uh, adapting the Japanese. They even played the original like theme from Ghost in the Shell at the end credits. I enjoyed that. And they brought it up, um, mm-hmm. I think, a little bit in the opening. And I think they played, yeah. uh, they played it one more time in the movie. Uh, most, mo- outside of that, it was mostly original music. And... And I really, I really liked what they did. I will say that they did keep that kind of uplifting, ethereal sound that the original soundtrack kind of had to it. And and like I said, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like such a pessimist, and I don't want to sound like I'm sitting here just like berating and and bullying this film. But there were a lot of things that I really just didn't care for about it. I mean, I saw the anime in the 90s when it came out. That's what, I, what I'm used to and what I want to see. Yeah, if you would have thrown in like little differences and nuances here and there and even some of the elements that they actually did use in the film, if they would have thrown it in there but still kept the original source material the same for the most part, a little bit more of the anime and a little bit less of Hollywood. Uh, what do you think about it as a standalone movie away from the anime? Then it might not be that bad. I might look at it as a female empowered action film. That is kind of like a weird Blade Runner slash Asian feel to it. I was just really disappointed. I mean, I hate to say that. Look, filmmaking is really tough. And I hate to say this is not a good movie, but... I really don't think that this is that good of a movie. I really don't. Uh, the story as a whole, I don't think it really holds up. To be honest with you, most of the action scenes, they feel kind of hollow. I mean, yeah, they they look good, but they don't have the heart that you see in a really good action movie. I wanted this movie to be really good. 
because this could have been a real chance to tell a story that's interesting, that does original things, that does something really new. And, and even how they uh, dealt with their their um, whitewashing, her being the daughter of an Asian woman, that just goes nowhere. And, you know, the whitewashing thing, it was only done so fans didn't criticize. No, I, I, you know, like I, 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 no, I, I disagree with that. Like I said in our first podcast, I think that is one of the most interesting aspects of the story. Well, yeah, because, yeah, that is true. Because action scenes have to take up so much screen time, we can't allow these scenes to, to have, but only so much screen time in a Hollywood movie. All right, so that's going to do it for us tonight. We're uh, we're done here. If you guys want to get in touch with us, our email address is themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's themoviecrew, and crew is spelled C-R-E-W-E, extra E at the end of crew, at gmail.com. If you guys could please... Give us a rating on iTunes and Stitcher. That would be amazing. We always appreciate that. Paul, where can people follow you, sir? Uh, if anybody wants to follow me, they can follow me at Paul R. Williams, J1, on Twitter. And we wanted to play new music tonight, but for some reason, uh, the Ghost in the Shell soundtrack is not out yet. The soundtrack that's currently out is music that's inspired by the film, which means it's a bunch of music that's not actually in the movie. I don't really know why they released that. I mean, outside of to make money, but anyway. So we can't play any of Clint Mansell's score. But we do have the original Making of a Cyborg track. It's the kind of the title theme of the original anime for Ghost in the Shell. So we're going to play that instead. I know we played it on our original Ghost in the Shell for 1995. We played it on that episode. We're going to play it here. Enjoy.
Beat Takashi was the only good thing in this movie. The only good thing in this movie. And I can agree with you on that. Why did everything else suck? Well, they should have put Kevin Bacon in there and it wouldn't have. I want I want to find a way. No, seriously. Dude. I want to make it a mission of ours to find a way to bring up Kevin Bacon in every fucking podcast we do. You just gave me the greatest idea for a movie ever. Like it beat <laughs> beat Takashi and Kevin Bacon. And these guys are hunting down robots. Oh my god. Beat Takashi, Kevin Bacon, hunting down robots. Who would not pay to see that? The bad robot pimp could be Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> I'm telling you, we could start a franchise here. Oh, my God. Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> I, hold up. I got, my, I got my agent on the phone. 